It's some, some summertime and Team OTG is throwing it back to our Meet the Host episode. We wanted to make sure you know all of our secrets before our live show in San Diego this September. That's right. Our recent girls trip to Nashville was so nice. We're doing it twice. This time in San Diego. Follow us on the gram at Megan B. Murphy, at NYC FitFam, at Heidi Christopher, and at Off the Gram Podcast as we reveal the details, including how you can join us. Little teaser, who's up for a wild time with a VIP safari at the San Diego Zoo? Want more info? DM us at Off the Gram Podcast on Instagram or shoot Jamie a note. She's Jamie at OffTheGramPodcast.com. And we'll get you hooked up. Snag your spot before they're all gone. And now, let's get to know Jamie a little better. I'm a huge proponent of accountability buddies. I talk about it all the time, usually in the context of fitness. But I think that setting yourself up with people in your life to help keep you accountable on all fronts is the most advantageous thing you can do. Welcome back to Off The Gram, the show where we bring you straight into the trenches with us to help you live your best life, channel your inner girl boss, and navigate the ever-changing landscapes of wellness and social media. Hey, ladies. Hey, gang. Megan here. Well, today's guest is certainly someone who we are just a bit familiar with already. We may have met her once or twice. She's our very own co-host, Jamie Hess. And as you may remember, we started a series last month where we turned the tables on one of us each month, interviewing each other for a deep dive into our own lives. Christine was last month, and this month, we've got the hustle mama herself, the one and only Jamie. So let's talk Jamie. Jamie spent two decades as a high-level public relations pro with clients including W Hotels Worldwide, LinkedIn, McDonald's, Barry's Bootcamp, and many more. Over time, she found that her favorite clients were always those in the health and wellness space, and she yearned to pursue that area full-time. Ironically, it was her marriage proposal, which took quite, took place quite publicly on the treadmill at Barry's Boot Camp, that thrust Jamie and her husband, George, into the spotlight as a fit couple. Jamie's mama, TV journalist Joan London, was on site for the proposal, and thus the moment was covered heavily by the media. In response, George and Jamie began sharing their fitspo with the world on the gram as NYC FitFam. Over time, their brand took fire. They were named one of the seven fittest couples on Instagram by Women's Health and have been featured by countless TV and media entities, including NBC News, The Washington Post, Refinery29, and many more. As NYC FitFam evolved into a 360 brand platform and Jamie became a fit mom of two little boys, she realized she had an opportunity to inspire bigger, much in the same way she had watched her mother do for so many years. She took her talents to teach becoming an on-air lifestyle expert, making regular appearances everywhere from Dr. Oz to Good Morning America to the Today Show and beyond, and eventually became the face of Zuda Activewear on QVC. And that girl can sell. But of course, we'd like to think it's her role as co-host on Off the Gram that gets her the most fired up. We are grateful to have her as our team member and to be on this journey together. So welcome, Jamie. Woo! 
well, thank you so much. Who, me? <laughs> I'll take a bow now. <laughs> yeah, I figured I'd like make some time in my busy schedule for this interview, you know. Thank you, thank you so much. So grateful. <laughs> Um, well, this is really cool actually, because this is actually taking place on my uh, like actual anniversary with my husband. So I figured we would do our weekly catch up topic today around that. So, okay. I want to know from you girls and then I'll share mine. How did you meet your spouse? What, what was your first date like? And what's one like funny or embarrassing memory you have from the early dating days? Like a quick, quick rapid fire round table. Go first. I'll go. It's Heidi. Um, So I think I may have said this in like the episode about me at the beginning, but Alex and I met, I was like dragged to the Hamptons my, the summer I graduated college. Cause I thought I was like, who goes there? I'm from Connecticut. We don't do that. (laughs) Swear. And um, I was basically dragged there by my first New York city roommate. And Alex was there in the middle of the day. We like walked out into a scene that was just like clueless, like drunk, teenage or 20 somethings just like all over this pool with a waterfall with like an infinity view of the water in the Hamptons. And I was like, okay. (laughs) And Alex was passed out on a chaise lounge in the middle of the day. And I was like, ew, who is that? Enjoying the sun or back? (laughs) Like passed out drunk or passed out sleeping and enjoying the sun? Uh, In the middle of the day. And I was like, ew, gross. (laughs) And then he woke up and it just got worse every time he opened his mouth. He was, everything he said was like Mr. New York City douchebag finance guy. And I was like, ew. Oh, and by the way, I forgot to mention, he was so passed out drunk that they put steak from the grill on his face and the dog ate it off his face without him waking up. How did it turn better? How did it get better? Oh my God. So, what a romantic story, Heidi. You yeah, I know, just, right? You so when I left our mutual friend, the reason I was there, he asked her for my number. And I was like, no. And so he Bloomberged her every day being like, doesn't this girl know who I am? Of course she wants me to have her number. And I was like, no, no, I don't. And finally, I get a call from our mutual friend and I pick up the phone and I see her name, you know, on the call already. I'm like, hello. She's like, he's too annoying. He's your problem. Click. And I was like, (gasps) (laughs) and then he called me and he was sober (laughs) and we like really hit it off, went on a first date, really hit it off. And I mean, I thought he was going to be my first fling ever because I'd been in serious relationship after serious relationship and my stepfather actually had sat me down for like a talk about how I needed to learn how to date. And I was like, oh, he'll be my fun two week fling. Oh, he'll be my one month fling. Oh, there we are married. Oh, we're married and we have three kids now. (laughs) Wow. Well, he was persistent. He really wanted you. That's cute. All right, Christine. Okay. Well, you guys probably know this from when we did my episode, but I met John at Sesame Street Parents Magazine. Yay. Fun. Um, We're both from the same hometown. We have all these weird wild connections and we never met each other until Sesame Street so that's just fun um and we are I guess of the biggest scandal and you guys know this already though uh, is that we had to hide everything for the longest time from the office and from our our office mates um and they tried to drag it out of us and tell us that we were dating you know even though we were denying it and our first date I think was like actual group date because we were with everybody at Sesame Street parents. I don't think I even knew it was a date and we were just all together. And finally, you know, I came to grips. I think I told you guys that I, our intern tried to make herself noticed in front of John. I got jealous and history. We're together. Sesame Street. Thank you. (laughs) 
I love it. I love it. I forgot to mention, I have to say this because Alex does listen to the podcast and it's fair to him to say that my friend had asked me if there was anyone there I was interested in. And I did say that Alex guy is super hot, but he needs to keep his mouth shut. So (gasps) it's not like I had no interest. I just, you've been whipping him into shape. (laughs) (laughs) So Pat, so my husband is my brother's best friend. I've known him since he was in second grade, but I'm four years older. So growing up, I was like, ew, we went to the same college. I was a senior. They were freshmen. They lived across the street. Gross. Um, and then eventually we were like living in Hoboken and I realized he made me nervous. And I like salt and he would never judge me for my salt intake. So we I mean, that literally <laughs> or your bacon. Right. That is the bedrock for a solid right? marriage. I'll never be judged for my salt intake. I mean, what could be what could be better than that? And we were reading the same book. We were both reading A Million Little Pieces by um, James Fry. And I was like, oh, wow. I always knew he was hot, but I didn't know he was literate. Like he can read. I didn't books. know he could read. Oh, that's pretty sexy. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I love that. Yeah. That's. Cute. I used to try to set him up all the yeah. time. Like I always was like, oh, there's this great guy, Pat Murphy. Like I sat my best friend next to him at my sister's wedding. Like I was always like, he's a great guy. You should date him. And then I was like, oh my god, he makes my palms sweat. I'm gonna make out with him. And we secretly dated for three to four months before we got caught making out. Cause I didn't have a good track record and I didn't really want to get myself in trouble with my brother. And I did anyway. Cause he was like, this is going to end badly. I am so not cool with this. And it didn't cause we're married 12 years with three kids. And um, he's the thing I got most right in Aww. my whole life. And he still makes you have chills and, and butterflies. <laughs> right? I, yeah. I, I got that right. I'm so grateful for that. I love that. Um, that's awesome. So yeah, this is like, you know, it's funny because it's like the one year anniversary month of our podcast and just a lot of like year, I don't know, there's a lot that I guess clicks into place in my life in January. But um, yeah, George, this is really funny, actually. So I was walking home with my friend Tracy Young, who's a big famous DJ. She remixes like, you know, Lady Gaga and Britney Spears. You just won a Grammy. Um, Tracy's awesome. And we are best friends and she was a client and I, when I was a publicist and she, we were walking home for an event. She's like, why don't you have a boyfriend, James? And I had just come back to New York from LA and I was single and I was like, cause I'm really happy and I'm not looking to fuck that up with some douchebag, you know, like I look at all my friends and they're miserable. And she was like, no, I have a guy for you. I was like, oh, I just said I was happy, but all right. You want to set me up with your friend? She's like, <laughs> she tells me, no, no, no. He's really cool. He was, he was married to one of the women from expose. Now we're all old enough to know who expose was, but like maybe some of our listeners don't, but they were a very popular band in the nineties. And I was like, well, that's kind of rad. And he was a music industry guy. And uh, normally like someone's ex-wife isn't the selling point, but I was like, all right, well, you know, if expose vouches for him. So, uh, and then she kind of trailed off about it. So being the Jamie that I am, I then like stalked him. I was like, well, wait a second, where'd you go? And she never said, she never like sealed the deal. So then I like stalked him down, found his contact and was like, Tracy said we should meet. What's up with that? I pitched myself. Because then I was interested. And so we went on a blind date and um, we always say like we walk, it sounds so cheesy, but it is the truth. We both walked into this, this restaurant and we were literally done. Like that was it. Like that, like the moment we walked in, I was like, well, that's it. We're done. And we were there. We had like this amazing dinner. We put like all of our demons out on the table, like our skeletons. I was like, oh, I'm a sober reform party girl. I was a hot mess, but now I'm like super sober. He's like, I'm 20 years older than you and have three kids. I'm like, cool. You want to take me home? He's like, sure do. Sounds good. And that was like 10 years ago. 
And we got, we actually got engaged four months after that on that treadmill. And then when we were, we were married, we, our first dinner was on January 25th. We got married the next year on January 26th. So that's that. So yay for George. And we obviously share a love of all things fitness and wellness. And it's, it's pretty fun to geek out with your, with your mate. Right. So that actually lets me totally organically segue into sweat this because it's another thing George and I geek out on together. Um, our sweat this today is Celsius. Yay. Everybody knows I'm like, love Celsius. So if you don't know what Celsius is, it's a premium energy drink for fitness lovers made with healthier ingredients. It has thermogenic properties. So that means it increases your metabolism and helps burn more fat than you would normally if you were just like exercising alone. So you drink one, you work out, you're going to get ripped. Um, but it's super good for you. No artificial stuff. Like it's very low in sodium, just, you know, no sugar, like I said, and I, amazing flavors. I like the sparkling ones. George likes the ones that are uncarbonated, but that's not my jam. I like like the grape rush, watermelon, Fuji apple pear, but big announcement for January is that strawberry guava is their new flavor. Strawberry is Mason's favorite flavor. So he was begging to try it. And I was like, Okay, so no, like <laughs> I thought he would be bouncing off the walls for, I can't even imagine Mason, my son on a Celsius. He's like bonkers. I don't know high fructose corn syrup because that's, that's the thing. Huge. I'm like, I do not want corn syrup in my life. Yeah. I do not want aspartame in my life. Like that's pretty great. It is. It is. There is actually a line, um, like a, a category of Celsius made with stevia too, if that's your jam. So it just depends yeah. on what you do like. Um, but, but yeah, no aspartame. Um, and it just tastes great. I literally can't work out with that one. I'm, I kid you not. Like I would, I don't even know what I would do if I ran out. I would like have like a nervous breakdown. James, how many do you have? No, a day? only one. I honestly want to know. Only one. Only uh-uh. one. Oh, no, I'm a one Celsius a day girl. Control. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. okay. But, uh, but yeah, you guys want to get Celsius out there at home. You can go to vitaminshop.com, walmart.com, or even at your local gym. If, if that is open where you live, uh, they do sell them very often at gyms. That's actually where I discovered it. I discovered it at Barry's Boot Camp. They always used to sell them there and I got hooked. So yeah. So that's Celsius. Heidi, would you, would you like to talk about me more? love to. I would love you to talk about me more. It would be my pleasure. All right. So listen, today's show is all about loving your hustle because that's Jamie's mantra. Jamie believes that life is about perspective. You can wake up every day and dread everything on your to-do list, or you can wake up charged up and and grateful for the opportunities ahead. Jamie pivoted her PR career to become an entrepreneur two years ago and hasn't looked back since, but taking that leap was not a choice that she took lightly. She knew if she was going to succeed, she wasn't going to just build her business as an Instagram influencer. There's air quotes there. Rather, she was going to have to pursue the growth of her brand every single day with the same creativity and aggressive growth strategy she would have used for any of her public relations clients. She's a big fan of the concept. When someone asks you to do something exciting, say yes and then figure out how. (laughs) She is truly someone who jumps out of bed every morning ready to take on the world. She's known to put the words total world domination on her to-do list, and she means it. (laughs) In fact, a lot of us slash all of us often say, how the heck does she do all of that? Or as Megan says, what would Jamie do? (laughs) So (laughs) Jamie, we want to know, tell us your secret, sister. 
<laughs> well, sure. It's easy. Okay. Ready? The secret <laughs> is, no, the secret really is gratitude. I mean, that in my opinion, um, you know, I spent a lot of my early years of my career, you know, dreading. I, I, the Sunday scaries were a big thing in my life. And um, I think, again, that's a lot of us have ambition and have perfectionism. And it ties in with that sense of dread about going to work every day. And it's so funny because I look back at a lot of those early jobs that I had and I'm like, oh my God, they were such great jobs. And I did a great job. Why did I have such little confidence in myself? And if, if my boss looked at me funny, I would just crumble and all of that imposter syndrome. And it was, I can look back now. This is why being a little older is actually such a lovely thing. Sometimes you can look back and say like, wow, that was a waste. That was a waste of a lot of, of fear, a lot of living in fear and, um, you know, doubting my own self-worth. And I think in my later years, I just said like, it's not going to go down like that. And I really choose to look at my life through a lens of gratitude. I'm so, so, so grateful. Like I am so busy and I definitely have my moments where I get caught in a feeling of overwhelm. Like we all do, cause I'm a human being. But by and large, 90% of the time, I look at my life and just say, especially right now, so much of this country is out of work. There's so much strife. And I'm so grateful to have so many opportunities that I just choose to live there. And I think that is my secret to life. Love that. James, I'm fascinated by you. And I wish I knew you like forever, ever, instead of just the past couple of years. Can you just take us back to what the heck it was like growing up as like the daughter of America's morning darling, Joan London, and like, just what was it like growing up as Jamie Hess? Well, let me say this. I'm going to push the fast forward button for a second. It's so much better now because I'm able to, again, as an adult, see my mom for who she is, which is my ultimate role model, best friend. And I've learned most of, most everything you're going to hear me say today, it comes directly from her because I now emulate and I'm inspired by and try to model myself after my mom. Like most young people, when I was a kid, I didn't, I didn't, not that I didn't get it. I got it. But I was um, a very rebellious, free spirit as a, a youngster. I think perhaps some of that came from, I always saw my mom as so kind of perfect and never saw a chink in her armor. And it felt a little unattainable, to be honest. So I kind of went the other way. I was like the kid who needed the bad attention because I was, I, I just didn't think I could live up to getting the good attention in the way that it was being expected of me. So I kind of like, took a big, like a hard left. Right. And I was just a bit of a, a wild child. I remember we were, so I used to spend all of my Easter's and my Christmases in Disney world. I've told you guys before, cause my mom hosted the parade. What a, what a cool honor. Right. But I remember going down there. I think I was like only like maybe 13 or 14. I had one of my degenerate friends with me. Cause we would always get to bring a friend and mine were really the cream of the crop. Let me tell you. And, um, my hair was bright pink. My hair was hot pink at that time. And, you know, I was like super emo and I, I, I thought it was very dark and cool and complicated because I wrote poetry and burned incense and listened to Tori Amos. You know, don't you get me, mom? I'm a very complicated teenager. I have a lot of thoughts and I write deep poetry. And uh, I remember paparazzi jumping out from behind a bush and taking a picture of us. And looking back on that moment, I can't imagine what, a, what it must have been like for my mom to be America's sweetheart and have this daughter 
walking around in these Daisy Dukes with her hot pink hair. Like it's kind of crazy to think back on, you know? Um, And I really give my mom so much credit for just kind of letting me blossom how I was, you know? Um, Because that's just who I was. And I had to go through that to become who I am today. But it was very, you know, it was kind of what you think it would be. My mom got up and went to work very early in the morning. We would watch her on TV while we ate breakfast. We would wave hi to mommy. Um, my dad would kind of take care of us in the morning. Uh, and uh, But my mom was very present. She was very present for school events whenever it was possible for her, for all of my horseback riding events and accomplishments. She was my biggest cheerleader. So she did an incredible job at fi- finding that work, work-life balance. Or as Ariana Huffington told us, that work-life integration, right? Because there really is no balance. Um, she did a great job at 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 teaching me how to do that, which is what I try to do now. So in a way, I mean, you, you did, I mean, you had the perfect role model. You are now the perfect role model for your children because you're doing the exact same thing. Like I still don't know how you do it with children. You're balancing everything, but you were so on point. It's scary sometimes, but for people who say, cause I know recently in your stories, you mentioned that you have so many people reaching out to you all the time um, asking, you know, Jamie, could you give me some advice? Could you give me some help? Could you mentor me? And again, that's you taking on another job. But um, surprisingly, somehow you did just offer somebody the help. And you said you were going to offer one of your followers a chance to just maybe mentor them or guide them or, you know, help them through something that they need to attain their fitness or wellness or lifestyle goals. But I guess not to give away all your secrets, but for somebody like you who it does come easier to now um, or just it's just more natural to you, somebody who is is just completely clueless as to how how the hell you know do they begin if they don't have any guidance like that or they didn't have a role model growing up like that? Is there like a little simple step you know format you could give them or some sort of starting point um, to maybe just guide them if you can't you know you can't obviously help everybody on your, on your Instagram feed that follow you but I'm sure so many people have questions like what how do you begin and how do you stick to some sort of little path how the hell do you make it work yeah, yeah like it, it no it's so true and I think um, I still struggle day to day too we all do we're all human right so time management time blocking um, starting 10,000 tasks and and only finishing one or two of them by the end of the day because you're just trying to do too much we all fall victim to it so I say this and I'm very very lucky to be um, like a sober addict and alcoholic in recovery because I learned so much from recovery circles I always say I feel bad for people who who aren't alcoholics because unfortunately they don't get necessarily access to the same design for living that those of us who have gone through recovery programs have had. It's very, very helpful. It, you know, I always say putting down the, like the alcohol is like, uh, you know, recovery 101. The rest of it is like AP life. And it, and it really teaches you how to start each day with, you know, intention-based, live with integrity and put your head on the pillow at night feeling like you did the best that you could. And if you didn't, taking a self-inventory on that and seeing where you could do better tomorrow. And so that's kind of how I live my life. Um, I've learned also very much that asking for help is not, not only is that not a weakness, it is the most powerful thing you can do. We cannot do it alone. I cannot do it alone. I used to be very, very bad at asking for help. I'm a huge proponent of accountability buddies. I talk about it all the time, usually in the context of fitness. But I think that setting yourself up with people in your life to help keep you accountable on 
all fronts is the most advantageous thing you can do. And George and I do it for each other all the time. Not only do we do it with our fitness and nutrition goals, but we will constantly say to each other, because we're both our own bosses, right? And it's hard not to have a boss. I'm used to having a boss. I thrive with a boss. I love deadlines. Oh my God, give me homework. I love it. No, but like, it's hard to make your own deadlines and stick to them. You know, it's hard to be accountable to yourself. So I'm very, very big on um, George and I will email each other at the beginning of the day. Um, hey, babe, do you mind if I just give you the list of the three things I'm going to get done by 12 o'clock, by 12 noon? And when we uh, meet each other in the kitchen for lunch, I'm going to check in to confirm that I that I have them done. Just doing that, having prioritized three things off your to-do list and telling them out loud to somebody else, the power in that is immeasurable. Okay, big announcement. You've probably heard us rave about one of our favorite products, Celsius, an amazing fitness drink with thermogenic properties. Wait, thermo what now? It has a special blend of ingredients that are clinically proven to boost your metabolism and help you burn fat. Basically, if you drink one of these babies before you work out, it helps burn more body fat than you normally would with just exercise alone. And not to mention, it tastes amazing and has no artificial flavors, preservatives, no high fructose corn syrup, and it's very low in sodium. But wait, I already knew all that. So what's your big news, Jane? They have a new flavor. Strawberry guava has hit the scene, y'all. This sweet, bubbly flavor is now available on Amazon and at many local gyms, too. Perfect timing to kickstart the new year. Big strawberry guava energy, and I am so here for it. Want in? You can purchase Celsius on vitaminshop.com, walmart.com, and at your local gym. Check out celsius.com to learn more and follow their community of driven athletes. New Year's might be over, but we've still got a lot to celebrate. Hello, this is our show's one-year anniversary month. Woohoo, go us! So what better time to raise a glass than now? But here's the thing. Some of us don't drink. Uh, that would be me. And all of us are obviously wellness fanatics, so alcohol is not always what we want. But who doesn't love to celebrate with a little bubbly? Cheers to that, James. That's why at Off The Gram, we are loving Groovy, a line of craft, alcohol-free beers and wines. Christine, I know you were loving the bubbly rosé on New Year's, right? Totally. It was a toss-up between that and the dry secco. Both were such fun options and allowed me to wake up clear-headed for a Central Park run the next morning. What a treat, right? Groovy also has a diverse selection of alcohol-free beers, including an IPA, a German sour, a pale ale, and a dark brew stout. Oh, and one more very cool thing. They have a dry January wellness box available on their site through the rest of the month which includes all sorts of self-care goodies to kick off the new year. But if you want one, get it fast because they're a limited edition. And if you are doing dry January, be sure to check them out on Instagram at getgroovy for fun tips and recipes. That's at G-E-T-G-R-U-V-I. To learn more about Groovy or purchase online, visit getgroovy.com and use the code OFFTHEGRAM15 at checkout for 15% off. Jamie, I'm not done being fascinated by little Jamie, okay? So, like, you have pink hair, you're 13. Like, how do you, like, how how does, how did, were you horseback riding with that pink hair? When did you turn to drugs and alcohol? What did you study in school? What did you go to school for? I just need to know everything. I feel like I missed that gap in your life, and I'm curious as hell. Um. So, yeah, I went to Greenwich High School for high school, and that is a big old, yep, and Heidi and I were there at the Wait, same time. did you know each other? Cray? Yeah. No. 
That's we didn't know each other. We're one year that. apart. Thanks. Girl. It's a huge school. I took out my old photo album though from like I should do that. Crazy. I I should oh do God, that. Do, do you see pictures like your yearbook? Like do you? Uh, I'm sure I'm like in the background at a party with like a cig hanging out of the side of my mouth. That sounds like about right. You guys have to go look at them. I know. So yeah, I, it's really crazy because I was, um, you know, I was a, a nationally and internationally competitive athlete. So I won the Washington International Horror Show Equitation Finals. I won the Children's Jumper Finals, um, the Marshall and Sterling Children's Jumper Finals in 94. I won the National Equitation Finals in DC in 96. And I got the silver medal in the Junior Olympics in 19. Uh, 99 or 2000. Like, 99. is this with pink hair, smoking cigs, drinking? Yeah. So, so all of that said, well, I am literally in full training and a very highly competitive athlete. I am also at the same time undergoing my most insane party years as a teenager. And I would, I mean, it's really quite wild. I would oftentimes go like show up at horror shows after having not slept. It was really, it was insane. But I say this, riding saved my life. It was the one thing that kept me grounded, kept me focused. It was also the one thing my mom had to dangle over my head to be like, if I ever catch cigarettes in your bag again, the horses go. And she meant it. Take that tongue ring out or the horses go. Like all of it. And, um, and that mattered to me. That, that, that mattered. So while I was going through all of that craziness. Um, were you crushing school too? Because you're so smart. And like, so were you still getting straight A's and, and, at, at times. Yeah. And then there were some times in high school where I was not. And then I did go to NYU and I did very well at NYU. And it's funny when I was graduating and I graduated magna, magna cum laude, my friends, a couple of my friends were like, oh, you like they were pissed that I had the gold tassel because 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 I was partying the whole time. They just assumed I wasn't doing my homework. But girl, I was doing my homework. I might have stayed up all night, you know, and I was doing it like, Lord only knows in what state, but I was, I was doing my homework. So school matter. What'd you study? What'd you study? Oh, and I studied communications. Okay. And I was interning. So I was doing a, like a public relations internship. So I was writing for all these equestrian magazines. I was doing PR and event planning for all of these, like the equestrian AIDS foundation and doing all of these things in the nightclub scene when I was in college. And I was, um, I was at the Hampton Classic writing an article for a magazine. I, I was sent there on assignment. I was like 19. I, mean, I was in college. And um, I was in the VIP tent writing an article. And I went up and I introduced myself to Peggy Siegel, who was like one of the biggest publicists. And she was partnered with Lizzie Grubman at the time. We actually like got off on the wrong foot. And then I went back and I kind of like reintroduced myself. And I was like, Miss Siegel, I think we got off on the wrong because she was a bitch to me because she's a bitch to everybody. Let's be real. <laughs> um, love you, Peg. But you know, you're a bitch. And uh, she, she, um, she was like, no, I like you. Like you're, you're a hard ass. She was like, and I was like, well, I'm actually looking for an internship in PR. She was like, come in on Monday. And that's when I started working in PR. So my first job was with Peggy and Lizzie Grubman while I was still in college. And I just kind of never stopped. So I hit the ground running in the PR world while I was still going to school. And then I just kept it going from there. And what was your dating life at the same time? What were you like? My dating life? I was dating thugs, degenerates, and that they, my my boyfriends matched my um, lifestyle standards and also probably the way I felt about myself. Mental state. I always say I was a very functional addict, right? My outsides looked real good. I had the job. I kept my head up, but um, it, inside the rest of my life was kind of crumbling apart. So it wasn't until my early twenties that I found uh, the rooms of recovery. 
Well, this actually segues perfect into my biggest question for you. It's Heidi. Um, I have always, ever since I've known you, I mean, like we went to the same high school, didn't really know each other. We worked together, didn't even realize it until I was like searching for your email. It's just so funny. Um, But my biggest admiration point of view of many has always been that you truly know your worth, or at least you appear to, and you're not afraid to ask for it. And I think that's something that so many people struggle with. And I do want to caveat this because I've thought about this a lot with you, unlike a lot of the sort of millennial type influencers that people sort of put down upon who like, you know, are the opposite of an imposter syndrome, you study the crap out of everything. Like you were interested in nutrition, you got a nutrition shirt and then you got another and then you're studying this and you're studying that. So it's not like you're talking out of your ass, excuse my language. It's, um, it's just that like you, you understand your value. And we were all talking about this earlier today on text and it's such a hard thing. So what advice would you give to people who really struggle with that? I think that's like the best question because, and I've received that question so many times on panels and it it is one of the hardest things that we struggle with, I think, as women. Um, I'll say this, I really do feel quite lucky that I have kind of the institutional pedigree of having come from the world of corporate PR for so many years, because I do understand the business side of things and working, uh, most recently I was the SVP at a company called Narrative, which is a company I respect so much. And they do such incredible work. We did really fun stuff. Like we did all the experiential and celebrity and influencer stuff for McDonald's and General Motors. So these really huge brands, but we did it through a lens of like being like subculturally relevant and cool. And and it was just like a very cool experience. That said, as I elevated through that company in particular, Um, I I was really in charge of business development. And um, as you elevate through a company, you're less kind of in the trenches talking to the cool editors like Megan, who I used to pitch the hell out of Megan and probably annoy her and be up in her inbox. Like never. What would Jamie do? But, um, but, But you become more of like a business strategist. And I'm so grateful to have learned that and to have some acumen around that. Now, by some, she means a crap ton of acumen. I think though that beyond all of that, You know, I had great teachers and that's why I mentioned narrative. I really respect the way they run their business. They're a fabulous PR agency and um, they taught me so much. But look, they taught me a lot about actual business, but they also taught me how to treat people, how to treat employees, how to, you know, um, under promise and over deliver at just like really good business practices that have served me well. Um, All of that said, I will say this, when you're working with brands, you also have to have like an astute understanding of the marketplace. Like I think what happens with a lot of influencers is like they get this like kind of huffy thing going where they're like, well, you know, I got paid this once, so this is what I'm worth. And they're asking for like a ton of money maybe from brands that it's like, but are you really going to move the needle that much for this brand? So you have to understand when you're talking to brands individually how am I really going to affect their bottom line? Like, as, and this is like specific to work as an influencer, but I definitely think that it, you know, it goes for anything. What really am I bringing forth and how can I quantify this value? And maybe I'm not going to be able to prove to them if I post on Instagram, you're going to get this many sales. So it's worth it for you to pay me, you know, $1,000 because I'm going to make you $1,000 in sales. I'm just using a pretend number. But what you can say is you can take a step back and you can say, 
I'm really going to go above and beyond. I'm going to do an Instagram story where I'm really giving you a window into my life. I'm going to include my kids, which is a sensitive thing for me. I'm going to really show people how I'm using this product and I'm going to take the time. I'm going to document my process with it over a week. So you can then use that content to show your audience how this product works in a real person's life that people know and trust. Well, now you're giving them a few touch points of how you can work with them and how you can build buzz. And it does go beyond actual click through and code redemption, but you're, you are coming to them with more than just, no, pay me this much. You're saying, here's how I'm really going to make my worth matter. And the other thing I'll say is this, you also have to know how much brands have to spend. You have to just think a little bit. Big brands have a pretty good penny to spend, so don't be afraid to ask for your worth. But if you're speaking to an up-and-coming wellness brand and it's a brand that you believe in and you want to grow with them and scale with them, then also don't be afraid to take a little bit less. You have to be sensitive to the marketplace. I have a question about kids and how, I mean, I don't have kids, but I know my sister does. And I see people, you know, who have big jobs and big responsibilities like you do and the balancing act, but then also how do you keep your sense of self? Because you do, I can talk to you as a friend, as a human, as not a mom or as a mom. And you are both those people equally. And, you know, you are focused when you're both, you know, you're in both those roles, but how do you, how do you do that? I don't, I mean, I've always admired that with so many of my friends who, who can juggle that. Um, and then I feel bad for the ones that I see that it just, it completely takes their identity and they don't know what to do or how to do it. And they feel guilty, you know, just being a mom or just being the corporate, you know, executive that they were, and they don't know how to mix the two because so many people have had children later in life. So, what do you, I don't know. What do you say to that? Yeah, no, it's a great question. I, I think again, I'm very lucky in having the role model of my own mom who really did have a sense of self and a sense of purpose and a sense of her career. And then also was the most loving, present, intentional mom and really prided herself and prides herself to this day on being an incredible mother. For me, I, and I say this all the time, so I, I'm sorry if I sound like a broken record, but I think it's about knowing what fills your cup and being okay owning that. I know that I love being a mom, but I also know that I would be a shitty stay-at-home mother because I would be not happy. I would lose my sense of self. Work gets me excited. I truly love my hustle. And the busier I am, the happier I am. It's so funny. I was watching an influencer on on her stories the other day and she was like, I'm so bored. And I was like, what human adult? Wait, what do you mean you're bored? You Who's bored? I mean, there's just not enough hours in the day to do all the things that we all need to do. I can't imagine as a grown up adult being bored. Like, what? You've made all the money, you've done all the things, you had all the good ideas, and you've executed them all. You've reached the end of the internet. Like, what do you mean you're bored? It's, it so blows my mind. So, I know that I just get really excited and really jazzed with a good idea. It's something George and I share. We, we, burst into each other's, you know, office offices or workspaces. And we're like, Oh my God, babe, I have the best idea. I have to like workshop it with you. And that's like what gets, we geek out on it. I love working. So for me, it's okay for that to be my thing. And that is my thing during the day. I made actually a, I, I don't usually like the word resolutions, but I also am kind of neither here nor there about it. Cause I just think it's kind of cliche to be like, I hate resolutions. So I'm just going to say it. 
I made a resolution and my resolution is to be more present with my kids. Now I am present with my kids. I spend a lot of time with them, but my phone's usually out in some capacity. And it's usually because I want to capture their magic moments, but then it's too tempting for me to scroll Instagram. So I've made it a point to put my phone away, to really get on their eye level, to speak to them eyeball to eyeball. So I know that if I have places to improve, perhaps it is in in my mom life sometimes. And I'm okay owning that too, you know? Um, I think I show up really as my full self for work and I'm still learning. My kids are only five and and almost two and I'm still learning how to be the best mom I can be. But, you know, I think knowing what you love is the important thing. Some women get lulled into not wanting to work anymore and being a mom and then they feel like they lost themselves. You got to go in with eyes wide open. And I think it's so important that you're, you know, you know what will make you a better mom in in essence, really. It's, you know, you have to feed yourself as well to feed your your family. For sure. Yes. Yeah. And I want them to see that work is fun and exciting. I don't want them to ever see George or I dragging our ass into the office in the morning. You know, that's not what I want them to to think of when they think of work and a work ethic. I want them to think of that your, your vocation is your avocation, that your passion is what fuels you and that that is what generates an income for you and your family. I'm just kind of like taking it all in. <laughs> yeah, Totally. I mean, I feel like that's a great place to wrap it. Do you have anything else you want to share, Jane? No, I I honestly am so grateful for this show and for our audience. Like this show over the past year, while we've all been in quarantine, has given me such a sense of purpose and inspiration. And what we've been able to do over the last year has just been like one of the great joys of my life. So I just want to take like a moment to express gratitude to you three um, and to our audience. And just thanks for taking this journey with us. This is really fun to do like a a little, I, I, I've never been in the hot seat with you guys like this. And it was really like a very interesting experience. Uh, well, there's one more thing because you usually do the lightning round, but I have to do the lightning round to you now. <laughs> oh, okay. All right. I'm game. So, you, okay. Uh, morning or evening workout? Oh, geez. I think you know this, but morning workout all the way. When I have to do an evening workout, I want to die. Duh. Okay. And I'm trying to think of, should we ask you different <laughs> questions? But we'll do, we'll do the usual. Oh, I like it. Okay. Favorite workout? It totally changed. Obviously, when I lived in New York City, it was Barry's Boot Camp, uh, Soul Cycle, or Y7. And while I still love all of those three things, now we've been inside for a year. So, I'm a big virtual workout girl. And um, I have a couple trainers that I am obsessed with. Lauren Moraski is one of their names. Chelsea Palladino, who I take with Megan, is another one. And then Homegirl Hallie. And then Crossflow Yoga, obviously Heidi's app. And finally, coffee, tea, or matcha. No, I'm going to take the unpopular, not the unpopular opinion, but I think I'm going to give the answer that only one other person on the history of our show has given, which was um, Shana... Uh, you know, yeah. Uh, but no, matcha. I love matcha. I'm like the biggest, ma- I love coffee. But and- you're a tea head too. You're, you love tea. You have a tea drawer. I literally, you guys, when I tell you, I drink all three. First of all, I could not start my day without coffee. I have an iced coffee, then a hot coffee. Um, and, and I drink tea. <laughs> Yeah. And then, but then I drink tea all day and I do have the most insane tea drawer in the world. But if you really want to know what my best indulgent treat is, it's like uh, an almond milk matcha latte. Yeah. Oh, and cha-cha matcha was the best. I mean, I miss our matcha dates big time. <sighs> I know. All right. Last segment, Megs. Okay. I'm going to, I'm going to really own it for you, Dame. It is karma call. Yes. Woo-hoo! 
That was so good. <laughs> you brought it. All right, James. So you know, karma is a Sanskrit word for action. Let's hear your actionable item that our listeners could do every day for like a week or two that would make a giant difference in their life. I've been like going, I've been vacillating back and forth between two. So I'm just going to like blurt them both out. The first one is just anchoring your week with your workouts. I would not survive if I didn't schedule my week. I schedule my seven workouts, my seven days of workouts first, and then everything else in my schedule falls in line around them. And the second thing is, and not that I want to be promoting plastic um, water bottle use because I know I'll get yelled at for it, but I refill these about a hundred times. So don't at me. Okay. Don't at me. But um, not that many of you can see, but I'm holding up a, uh, a smart water bottle. I am, um, but I do refill them a hundred times. I drink um, between four and six of these a day without fail. And I really, really can't recommend highly enough upping your water intake, whatever you're doing, double it. It, it, it will change your life. <laughs> and your bathroom. <laughs> <habits>. <laughs> oh, yeah. I'm very proud. I'm very proud Something of that. Something to be proud of. <laughs> yeah. All right. Jamie, well, you always close us. Awesome. Oh, yeah. I guess I'm supposed to wrap up, huh? Oh, oh yeah, that was really. Fun. What would Jamie do? That was really what would Jamie fun. Do? Thank you guys so much for having me. Thank you for thank you me for having me, and thank you at home for tuning in. Don't forget to subscribe to the show anywhere podcasts can be consumed, so you never miss an episode. And don't forget to follow us on the gram at Off the Gram Podcast. We'll see you next time.